What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knock If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, Cavalier Central, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. That was just about the weirdest game I've seen in a really, really long time. Um, Both teams played pretty poorly, poorly for the most part throughout the whole game. Um, And then the end was obviously really, really crazy. Um, But hey, the Wizards won. Uh, That's always a good thing. So the Wizards won. Um, They just beat the Golden State Warriors. Um, 118 to 114. Um, This is the Wizards' sixth straight win, which feels really, really crazy. (laughs) Um, So that pushes the record to 25 and 33. Um, It pushes the Golden State Warriors' record down to 29 and 30. Um, I got to think about... (laughs) There's so much stuff to talk about this game. I'll talk about the Warriors. Okay, I'll go through some of the stats and then I'll talk about the last two minutes. Okay, so coming into this game, the Warriors were 18th in the NBA in point differential with a point differential of minus 1.2. Their record is 529-29. They're 21st in offense with an offensive rating of 110.2 and um, 9th in defense with a defensive rating of 111.4. Just overview of 4-factor type of stuff. Um, Both the offensive ratings were actually the exact same, which is interesting um so <clears throat> sorry um they were both um 101.8 um but the wizards ended up um having two more position possessions than the warriors throughout the game um that's pretty interesting um so effective field goal percentage warriors were, or wizards were at 70 or <laughs> 47.3 um warriors were at 47 um wizards turnover rate was at 20.2 um warriors was at 15.2 um wizards offensive rebound rate was at 32.7 and the warriors was at 24.2 and the wizards free throw rate was at 35.2 which is really 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 high um so is their offensive rebound rate and the warriors was at 18.8 um just to go over some of the box score stuff oh i do want i always do look at the um espn win probability model um <laughs> really really back and forth game as you would expect um so at one point the warriors actually had a 97.3% chance to win the game. Um, that was with 
six minutes and 17 seconds left. They were winning by 11 points. Um, and then obviously their lead collapsed towards the end. Um, so yeah, absolutely insane game. Um, but I did want to go over some of the box score stuff. Um, so Bradley Beal, um, not his greatest performance in terms of efficiency, but did end up having a solid night. Um, he had 29 points, um, plus 12 overall in 36 minutes. Um, he was 8 for 21 from the field, 11 from 11 from the free throw line. So those 29 points coming on 27 and a half shooting possessions, which is not super efficient, but you know, it's not terrible. Um, Neto had a pretty good night starting. He was plus 17, um, in 36 minutes, um, he scored 18 points on 7-11 from the field, um, one of one at the line. So pretty efficient, 18 points. Russell Westbrook, um, I'll talk about him. Um, I actually thought he had a pretty interesting game, but 14 points, 10 assists, um, 20 rebounds are the counting stats, and those 20, 14 points coming on um, 19 shooting possessions. Um, I guess Bertans I'll talk about next. He was 4 for 10 from 3. Um, he looks good right now, um, moving without the ball, that kind of stuff, like classic Bertans stuff, 19 points. Um, 5 of 12 from the field, 4 of 10 from 3, as I said, 5 of 5 at the line. Um, Daniel Gafford had 19 points in 24 minutes. He was 7 11 from the field, 5 of 9 from the line. I'll talk about him. He's pretty interesting. Um, but he was also plus 12 on the night, which is really good. Um, yeah, that's it for the notable Wizards players. Um, in terms of notable um, Warriors players, obviously, like Curry has been on absolute tangent uh, for the past, you know, what, what, the last 10 games or whatever. Um, and he cooled down tonight. That's just what happens with like math and variability and statistics and that kind of, you know. Um, so he didn't have his greatest night. He scored 18 points um, in 36 minutes. He was minus 23. Um, he was 7 to 25 from the field, 2 of 14 from 3, which is. <laughs> you know, it's not expected. He did get some good looks. Um, he was able to get 14 shots up, which is not what you want at all if you're the defense. Um, but again, I will talk about that a little bit. Um, eight assists, seven rebounds, not a very good night for Curry, which happens sometimes, um, especially when you are relatively reliant on shooting. Um, you know, um, it's more high variant type of thing. So you're going to have, um, you know, some variant type of results that happens, like no matter who you are. Um, Jay McGreen, um, eight points, eight rebounds, four assists. Or eight points, eight assists, four rebounds. Um, I'll talk about him in a second. Um, Ken, Ken Bazemore at 19 points. Andrew Wiggins at 14. Um, Ubre off the bench at 22. And Jordan Poole off the bench. <laughs> I keep messing stuff up. I've messed up like three things already. Uh, Ubre had 24. Jordan Poole had 22. Um, interesting little note here. Um, so the Warriors played nine guys. Um, the only guys who were positive in terms of plus minus um, were Kent Bazemore at plus seven. Andrew Wiggins at plus six. Um... Kelly Oubre at plus six and Jordan Poole at plus six. Um, pretty, pretty interesting note there, um, in my opinion. And the Wizards players, the only Wizards players that were in the negative in terms of plus minus were Robin Lopez at negative 17 in 10 minutes. Um, Thomas Bertans at minus five in 30 minutes. Ish Smith at minus 14 in 19 minutes. Um, Garrison Matthews minus nine in seven minutes. And Isak Banga minus four in 10 minutes. Um, so the first thing in that, no, okay. So I'll talk about Denny Abia after I kind of go through um, the kind of play-by-play down the stretch. Um, I got to pull up the play-by-play. I had to pull up my notes super, super quick. Uh, play-by-play, fourth quarter. I looked at the play-by-play on um, NBA.com, by the way. Um, NBA.com, like, after the game, like, the next morning usually is when I look at it. Um, they do have things where you can, like, watch some of the plays um, that happen down the stretch, and it's a really, really cool tool um, for anyone that wants to look at that. Um, so... I'll start getting into it more with um, one minute left, but the do one play I do want to point out with two minutes left. So it was um, 108 to 107. The Wizards were losing. Um, the Wizards ran a pick and roll with Beal, as they've done a lot, but they ran a roll rise where, um, you know, as um, Gafford, well, it was more of a rise on the strong side. 
um, because the strong side was kind of pulling over a little bit to help on Beal, um, which is a big mistake when you're grinding batons who's in the strong side corner. That didn't really make much sense to me. Um, but he rose. Um, Beal found him. A pretty good pass. And then um, Bertans made an open three. Um, and that put the Wizards up 110 to 108 with two minutes left in the game. Um, the next thing I want to talk about... Yeah, so um, I guess the next play, um, it was a just uh, Curry pulled up from three, um, and Kelly Oubre got an offensive rebound. He got a couple offensive rebounds down the stretch, which is like that really, really shouldn't be happening. Um, this offensive rebound, um, like, I mean, the Warriors, like, they have, like, Oubre and Wiggins are relatively athletic wings, and they have solid size. So, like, to have those two guys, like, they're both good rebounders. Um, so that's going to happen. But if you have, like, you know, if you have the Wizards in slaying the game, you really, really should be um, getting some more of those um, offensive rebounds. Like, that shouldn't be happening. Um yeah, so now what I do want to start talking about going through the um, play-by-play is with about a minute left. Um, so with um, about 50 seconds left, um, it was 114 to 110 in the Wizards' favor. Um, and then so Isak Bonga checked in. Um, Daniel Gafford checked out. It was one small, um, which I think was the right move to do. Like, you're not worried about a loony post up in that situation down the stretch. Um, just switch everything. Um, keep Curry in front of you. Don't let him get an open look at three. Um which the Wizards did. Um, so um, Isak Banga switched on to Curry. Curry blew by him, um, which is fine. That's Isak Banga, you know, executing the scheme. Um, so then you help. Russell Westbrook was a weak side um, corner, so he came and helped a little bit late, and then Curry got a layup, which cut the lead to 2, 114-112, with about 50 seconds left. Um, the next play down, so this is kind of like, I saw people asking why Jordan Poole wasn't in the game late. Um, this is why. Um, Jordan Poole, as hot as he was, is a defensive liability at this point in his career. Um, if he's out there and he's a guard, um, he's probably either going to have to be on Russell Westbrook or Bradley Beal. If he's not, then the Wizards can easily get a switch, which is what happened. He came in the game late. I think he started on Neto. The Wizards were smart enough to set a screen for um, Neto on Beal. Um, Beal got the switch on a pool. Um, The Warriors actually ended up triple teaming, um, but it still should have been a um, Kelly Oubre from the weak side corner tag um, on Davis Bertans, which didn't happen. Bertans um, caught the pass from Beal, which was a good look. Because um, Beal just dribbled exactly like long enough. Like if he pulled up one dribble earlier, it wouldn't have worked. But he made one extra dribble to make um, Bertans defender commit, which was Andrew Wiggins, um, through the pass um, to Bertans, who made the layup um, to push the Wizards lead to four with 26 seconds left. So a good job overall by using most of the shot clock. Um, good job by Bertans to cut. Good find by Beal, um, you know, to kind of engage the defenders for that one extra second. Um, so the next play down, um, basically the Warriors in five seconds just ran down Steph Curry, shot a layup, um, which you'll live with. Um, there's 20, however many seconds left. Keeps Curry in front of you. Yes, I wish the help was a little bit better. Um, but you have to make sure that Curry doesn't get a three. Um, even if he's, you know, two for 14 on the night, like he's, you don't want him to let him shoot ever, no matter what. Um, so after that, <laughs> this, is, this is where the craziness starts. So it's a two-point game. The Wizards have the ball. Um, all you have to do is dribble the ball. Have the Warriors value and don't let them shoot a three and you win the game. Um, <laughs> but obviously the Wizards didn't do that. So on the inbound play, the ball um, gets to Bertans. Um, Bertans probably could have dribbled up the court. He didn't. He had Wiggins on him. Like Wiggins is a long defender. Um, I kind of get like Bertans, like he does not have the tightest hand on the world. So I get him, you know, he passed it back to Westbrook, um, you know, relying on his point guard to get the ball to the floor. That makes sense. Um, Westbrook dribbled. Um, and then he threw the ball away. Like, I don't even know where he was throwing it to. He was just throwing it to, like, nowhere. Um, he threw it tipped by Wiggins. Um, I think Bazemore got this, ended up getting the steal and gave it to um, Wiggins, who had a layup, um, just lightly contested by Howell Neto. Um, and he missed the layup at the end of the game, uh, <laughs> which is insane. With eight seconds left, down to Wiggins misses a layup. Bertans gets the rebound. Um, he gets fouled. 
Um, obviously, Bhutan's makes both. He's a great free throw shooter. And then all of a sudden, the game is over. Oh, no, I, I do want to talk about it for a second, um, super quick, that the Warriors' last play was not ran for Steph Curry, um, which is insane. Um, like, Ken Bazemore got the ball. Curry never even came, like, to the, you know, other half of the floor where the ball was being inbounded. And, like, he didn't really come off any screens or anything. Like, I didn't understand that play design at all um, from Steve Kerr, who's, you know, relatively solid in those late game situations generally um so i thought that was really really weird um but yeah so one thing i do want to talk about that's really important down the stretch is that with i want to find the time slot where that um so with yeah so two minutes and 44 seconds left bradley beal hit a layup to um cut the golden state warriors lead to two um he hit that layup with um two minutes and 44 seconds left but the important part of that was that it was an and one um, and Draymond Green fouled out. He got a sixth foul. Um, he was out of the game for the last two minutes and 44 seconds. Um, from that point on, the Wizards ended up scoring 14 points in the last minutes, two minutes and 44 seconds. Um, I want to count how many layups they got after that. So um, Bertans got three. Westbrook got a layup. Beal got a layup. Bertans got a layup. So they had three layups in the last two minutes and 44 seconds of the game without Draymond Green. And 1,000% having Draymond Green out of the game was a huge, huge, huge reason that the Golden State Warriors lost. Um, Draymond Green is an absolutely awesome defender um, still like he's so good in rotations he's so good as a weak side help defender um, he's still solid as a rim protector um, I want to look at the Warriors lineups with um, Draymond Green off the floor off the court um, filter lineups so the it's it's loading it's loading the Warriors even rating actually solid with Draymond off the court that's kind of I did not expect that um, but anyway so it's 118 point or 111.8 with Draymond Green off the court um, that's interesting um, but anyway, so Draymond Green is such a good defender. He's so impactful. Um, I think that a really big reason um, that the Wizards were able to get a bunch of layups is because they did not have um, Draymond Green coming in and helping. Um, even in like the last Wizards game, like Draymond Green made the saving play of the game um, on defense um, against Bradley Beal late in that one, like coming over and blocking a shot from the weak side. Um, so him not being in the game is huge. Um, another huge thing was Jordan Poole being in the game, um, someone who you can attack on defense. Like the Warriors closing lineup before Jordan Poole came in the game, um, was Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, um, Steph Curry, um, Draymond Green, Kent Bazemore. I think that's five. <laughs> I think that's their five. Um, and there's no one that you can really, really attack off the dribble in that lineup. Um, Curry is like not a bad defender at all. Um, on the ball, he's not as good. Um, but even so, like you can still like switch him off the ball and stuff like that. Like Draymond Green is a good enough communicator to kind of execute those more complicated um, defensive schemes, especially in the pick and roll. Um, and also, like if Draymond Green is coming up to the level of the screen, it doesn't really really matter that much. Um, and then especially if the Wizards have Gafford in the game, he's not really a threat to shoot. He's going to be standing in the basket, and that's who Draymond Green is guarding. He's there to help every single play. Um, so kind of like it's pretty interesting there um, that like the. Warriors gave us so many points in the last two minutes and 44 seconds when Draymond Green checked out. Um, that was just absolutely massive. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is Denny Avdia. Um, so it's reported now um, that he got a hairline fracture in his right ankle, um, which is not good. Um, his reaction, like it seemed like it would be worse. So just being a hairline fracture is actually a good sign, but he is going to be out for the season. Um, I want to Google um, hairline fracture recovery time ankle okay so six to eight weeks um yeah okay so that's not the end of the world so six to eight weeks from now right now it's um 
man, I can't even name the April. So six to eight weeks from now, it's going to be around June when he comes back. Um, so here's the thing that I'm kind of concerned about. Um, I think that Avdia being on the floor generally is not a good thing for the Wizards. Um, he's not quite as good as some of the replacement players that the Wizards have. Um, you know, because he's a rookie. That's kind of how it works with rookies. Like they're, you know, just not good. Like that's fine. I didn't expect Avdia to come in and be a positive contributor from day one. He is a below average rotation player. Like he's not a rotation level player right now. Um, at you know, wing, power forward, whatever position you want to pin him into. Um, and that's perfectly fine. Um, he's a rookie. He has flashes of good team defense. Um, he has flashes a little bit on ball creation. He's a ball mover. Um, needs to work on the shot. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so. What I am a little bit concerned about is him missing a little bit of time to train in the summer. Um, but if you expect the season to end May 16th, and he's only out a month after that, um, and then the next season is going to start, like, what, three, four months? Three months? Four months, I think, actually, after that. So he has four out of the five summer months to kind of, like, get himself right, um, train, you know, add weight to his body, um, you know, kind of work on that lateral quickness, um, I will, which I will talk about in a second. Um, but it's, you know, the biggest leap that a player always makes is from their first year to their second year. Or, I mean, not always. Obviously, there's, like, crazy, like, Pascal Siakam cases. Um, but um, generally, that's the biggest leap they make, especially with, like, you know, a top 10 pick, um, especially someone who came into the league at, you know, 18, 19 years old. Um, you know, someone like Danny Avia, like, he is going to make, hopefully, um, make a big leap um, into next season. But part of that is working in the summer. Um, you kind of get exposed in the NBA. Like, Danny Avia, a lot of his Bigger weaknesses have been exposed, which is fine. He's a rookie. Um, his weaknesses were not being exposed at Maccabi Tel Aviv, um, the way that they are, you know, playing in the NBA. Um, so he is going to need a summer to really, really work on his game um, before he can come back and hopefully be a rotation level player next season. Um, if he's not, then you kind of like start to worry a little bit. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, but one of the bigger issues that I have with him is that I don't think he is a is great in terms of lateral quickness. If he wants to be like more of a three point five instead of more of a four. Uh, meaning that he can either play, like, you know, three or the four, um, he's going to have to work a lot on his lateral quickness. Um, he can't really switch on the guards at all. And like quicker wings, he really, really struggles to stay in front of. Um, like he got blown by by like Andrew Wiggins a couple of times tonight. Um, those are the type of like bigger wings that like you are going to need to stay in front of if you want to ever be a actual three in the NBA, um, which obviously is not right now. Um, but also adding an element of lineup versatility, adding an element of defensive versatility um, would be really, really good for him. So, you know, work on the lateral quickness, work on his um, core strength, which is something he really needs to work on, work on his lower body strength, um, just kind of bang around a little bit with uh, big um, bodies. And he really, really needs to work on his um, catch-and-shoot jumper. Um, that is one big area that he needs to work on. Um, and then um, hopefully, like, next season he comes in, I'd rather see him in a bench role where he gets to handle the ball a little bit more because um, I do think some of the creation stuff with him is interesting, especially, like, catch and go off like a live rebound stuff like that um so we'll kind of see with him um hopefully he comes back and he's not out you know the six to eight week timeline is not the end of the world um uh, Woj did report that he's going to miss the season um which again like I explained like it's not typically necessarily a bad thing for the Wizards chances of winning it's more of a bad thing for um Denny Abdi's development as a player um which I think is actually way more important than the Wizards you know making the play in this season um yeah, so next thing I want to talk about is the Jordan Poole crazy game. I want to pull up Jordan Poole's um, stats from NBA.com. I also want to pull up Steph Curry stats. Um, Steph and Curry stats. Um, okay, so I'll talk about Jordan Poole first. Um, as I pull up, so if you go to NBA.com, you go to Jordan, uh, just Google Jordan Poole stats and go to the NBA.com one. Um, you can look at his um, tracking stats um, and you can look at his shots dashboard. Um, I'm doing this live, um, so I don't know. I have no idea what they're going to be, um, but he has not played that much this season. So I want to switch from per game mode to totals. Um, 
So Jordan Poole has played 37 games this season. Um, he also played a lot in the G League. Um, I watched so I watched one game. It was the Santa Cruz Warriors against the um, G League Ignite because obviously I wanted to get my eyes on um, Kuminga Green, um, Dacian Nix, and Isaiah Todd. Um, and Jordan Poole looked really, really good in that game. I think at one point I tweeted out um, the Ignite are so bad that they're making Jordan Poole look good. Um, I ended up actually being wrong about that. Like Jordan Poole is. Um, he's he's inconsistent. He doesn't play defense, but he's kind of like a microwave guy. Um, he could be something in the NBA someday. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll kind of see. Um, so looking at his three-point field goal attempts. Um, so he, on wide open attempts, has shot 94 shots, and he's 36.2%. On open attempts, he has shot 68 attempts and is 30.9%. And on tight um, shots, he is 5 of 16, which is 31.3%. So this was, this was quite the anomaly for him. Um, he shot a lot of off-the-dribble looks. Um, a lot of those like were really, really off. Um, but most of his like catch-and-shoot looks, um, when guys went under screens against him, um, he made a lot of shots. Um, he was 6 of 10 from 3 tonight. Um, that is not normal. <laughs> um, but what else isn't normal, um, which actually which ended up benefiting the Wizards in overall probably like the Wizards benefited more from shooting luck than they got hurt um, just from the individualized Jordan Poole shooting luck um, with Stephen Curry. Um, so this season, I want to switch from per game to totals. Okay, it's loading. Okay, so Stephen Curry. Um, oh, actually, Jordan Poole shot a couple shots off the dribble. We have data for that. Um, thank goodness. Um, so with off three to six dribbles, Jordan Poole has, is... Um, Four for 16 from three um, on the season. Off two dribbles, he's two for seven on the season. And off one dribble, he's four for 17 on the season. Jordan Poole does not shoot threes off the dribble. Like, this was just a weird game overall for, like, just looking at his stats from this season. I don't even want to look at his stats from last season. I'm sure those are atrocious. Like, Jordan Poole was really, really bad last year. Um, again, he was a rookie. Um, so, you know, it's kind of expected. A little bit of undersized shooting guard who's thrusted into a giant role like he was starting for some of last season um, after being, like, what, the 27th, 28th pick in the draft. Um yeah, and like people saw him more as like a guy in the late 40s than a guy to be drafted in the late first round. Um, it may actually work like it lo- may look like it may work. Um, so that might actually be a good pick. Um, but anyways, so Steph Curry, um, on tight threes, which is from zero to two feet of space, is 52.6 percent, albeit on only 19 attempts. Um, from two to with two to four feet of space, Steph Curry is shooting 39.8 percent from three on 161 attempts, which is insane. Um, for four to six feet of space, um, which is considered open by NBA.com, he is at he shot 291 shots and is at 43.3%. On wide open looks, which is six plus feet of space, he is has shot 125 shots and is 46.4%. Um, and then this is where the numbers get absolutely ridiculous. This is where Steph Curry has absolutely changed the game of basketball is with, number one, his ability to shoot um, contested shots, and number two, his ability to shoot off the dribble. So with seven plus dribbles, which is basically just a self-created like ISO shot, um, he has shot 119 from um, this season. And he's at 52.9%, which is ridiculous. Um, with I, I don't want to skip ahead. Three to six dribbles, um, he has shot 112. Is at 33.9%. Um, two dribbles, um, 30, only 36 attempts, 38.9%. Doesn't really mean anything. Um, off one dribble, um, 72 attempts and 41.7%. And off no dribbles, just running off the screen, um, you know, catch and shoot, all that kind of stuff. He's at 257 attempts and 44%. So Steph Curry... To shoot, 
two for 14 tonight, no matter what the looks looked like, is just such an anomaly. Like, that is so weird. Um, you cannot not expect that at all. The Wizards got so lucky. But the one thing I want to give credit for that I have literally given credit to zero times this whole entire season is Russell Westbrook's defense. Um, I think that this was by far Russell Westbrook's best defensive game of the season. I think he actually looked good defensively. So the, what the Wizards did, like, they simplified, um, his, they simplified his role. So... They were going to have the big come up to the level of the screen to defend Curry. Obviously, that's what every team in the league does. You have to do it. Um, but all Westbrook had to do was guard Curry, face guard him, um, and then he was bringing up the ball to court. Um, if he got a screen, just get around the screen and try to contest as best as possible if he shot and try to get back to Curry. That's all he had to do. And he did a good job of that. I think that like Westbrook has been so bad this season getting around screens. I think he legitimately did a good job in this game defensively. I think he came in, he executed the game plan, and he did a good job. And he still kept his energy level up enough to be effective offensively at the end of the game. Throughout the whole entirety of the game, just looking at the big picture stuff, he was bad on offense. Like he was still solid as a playmaker. He made a lot of bad decisions tonight. He took a lot of bad shots. You know, that he wasn't good on offense, but I think tonight was by far his best defensive game of the season, and I have to give him credit for that, considering how much I've killed him all year in terms of defense. Um, and that makes me really excited. That, that makes me happy to see. Um, also, the other thing I want to talk about, um, so basically whenever Draymond Green wasn't involved in the action, um, a lot of times um, Bradley Beal was able to guard Draymond Green when Draymond wasn't at the five. I mean, Draymond at the five is by far, like, clearly his best position. It doesn't make sense. I don't even know, like, why the Wizard Warriors even bother, like, not even starting him at the five. Like, you might as well at this point. Um... Actually, I want to look at their lineup data with Draymond Green playing the center position. Um, so in in 13, or 1,333 possessions with Draymond Green playing center, the Wizards have a point differential of plus 9.2. Their offense rating is 122.1, and their defense rating is 112.9. Um, the offense rating 122.1 is ridiculously good. Uh, that's in the 97th percentile. So I really, really don't understand why the Warriors don't just like start that lineup. Like teams are kind of reluctant to start like non-traditional centers at the center, but they always close with that lineup. Um, that just feels weird to me. Um, but anyways, um, like on it, like I don't want to get too too much into it now, but like that's going to be like the next evolution of basketball. Draymond Green just like. Those guys are just gonna be playing center all the time. Um, I think that's gonna that's a little bit of a market inefficiency right inefficiency right now in the NBA to kind of just be playing these big burly centers um, instead of just like rotating through like three wing size guys who can play that kind of Draymond Green role. Um, but anyways, um, yeah. So Draymond Green in the start of the game, like Steph Curry, um, he's so good at coming off screens. You're gonna set him screens. Um, but when he's coming off the screen and, and the screener is Kevon Looney. Um, it kind of just makes it easier. And then Draymond Green's playing off the ball. Um, Bradley Beal, when he was guarding him, he would be able to tuck in all the way um, to the nail and just help. Um, so something that, um, and then every single time um, Bradley Beal came off the screen, um, the Wizards were um, having one pass away, which is non-traditional, um, help at the nail um, on the short roll to try to prevent the pass to um, Draymond Green in the short roll. Um, at one point, the Warriors did adjust by um, having Draymond Green short roll to a side that was just an empty weak side or an empty strong side, um, which was smart um, just to make sure he got the ball um, in case Curry was doubled, which he was every time. Um, but yeah, I love I love the strategy from the um, Wizards in this game. Like send two bodies at Steph Curry every single play. If you get beat by Kent Bazemore and Kelly Oubre shooting threes, you're gonna just live with that. Um, if, like if you get beat by Andrew Wiggins shooting threes, you're you're gonna walk off the court with your head held up high. Like you're gonna live with that. Um, so kind of to illustrate this, like Kent Bazemore was four for six. That's that's a really really good night. Um, but Jamal Green was zero for two. Andrew Wiggins was zero for seven. Kelly Oubre was two for four. Michael Mulder was one for two, and the one shot he made was a bank shot. And Jordan Poole was six for ten. Like make these other dudes beat you. Um, 
and they didn't. Like part of that was just straight up luck from Steph Curry not shooting well. Like that's going to happen. Um, but you have to make the bet at some point. Like, do you want Steph Curry beating you from shooting threes? No. Um, but if you're going to really, really guard that and you're going to really commit to guarding that, you're going to leave some other stuff open. And those others, that other stuff is going to be Ken Bazemore and Andrew Wiggins. Like you're going to live with that. Um, and that's like part of the risk assessment thing that I've been talking about all season long for the war- Wizards that like some, they're inconsistent with it. Um, they're inconsistent with how they implement it tonight. I think they implemented it really, really smartly. Um, I love the game plan. Um, like I said before, um, you know, the Warriors did a couple good things countering it. Um, but overall, a nice night for the Wizards. One thing I will say is that whenever Jamal Green got into that short roll, um, he killed the Wizards. Um, he's such a good passer. And also the wings, like um, Andrew Wiggins and... Um, <laughs> what's his face Kelly Oubre um they're pretty good like cutters especially along that baseline like cutting from the um weak side corner the strong side corner where the guy's bringing help um to the short roll um you have to have to really really bump up and get help higher on that short roll and then if, when you bring help on that short roll you have to bump down um which is you know those are two tough rotations to make especially because the Warriors really really um like they have the um weak side corner um cut to the basket and then they have the other weak side corner kind of pull up a little bit so it's a hard rotation to make um but you have to have that scouted you have to do, um do a better job executing than the Wizards did um but the Wizards taking preventative measures to prevent Draymond Green getting into that short roll at all um was really really good um that's part of the reason like Draymond Green would have had like a million assists if he just was able to get to the short roll as many times as he usually does um so I love the strategy from the Wizards tonight I think that they did a good job executing it um the offense may have been ugly um but yeah, like, you know, it happens. Um, so yeah, uh, how far into this am I? 26 minutes. Um, super, super quickly, I do want to say, um, so the Bulls lost by like 20 points to the Cavaliers tonight. Um, and then the Raptors won against the Nets tonight. So the Raptors are in the 10th seed, the Wizards are in the 11th seed, and the Bulls are in the 12th seed. Both the Bulls and the Raptors hold tiebreakers of the Wizards. And again, I do have to emphasize that if you make the plane as a 10th seed, and the 7 through 10 seeds all are the exact same in terms of level of talent, um, chances of winning each game, um, you still only have a 20% chance to make the playoffs. Um, but that's still better than zero. So, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, okay, so I'll go through my notes super quick, and then that'll be that for this episode. Um, <laughs> I wrote my notes early. Um, Kent Bazemore is very shot happy and dribble happy. Um, him being guarded by Neto is a little bit of the Muggsy Bogues effect, which is just like Muggsy Bogues whenever he would guard people um, and get like people who just want to post him up every single play. And then it was like point guards posting him up who aren't very good at post ups, and then they would just like their offense are just turned into bad offense because they're going against Muggsy Bogues. Um, that's kind of what happened a little bit at the beginning of the game with Ken Bazemore just trying to like go at Howell Neto and like Bazemore's not the greatest isolation player on earth. Um, so that worked to the Wizards' benefit. Um, but he went away from that pretty early. Um, Wizards are doing very well in Curry so far. Yeah, they did do a good job on them the whole game. Um, I gave a lot of credit to that. Um, oh, but I will say Daniel Gafford um, did not do a good job when he was in the game, I thought, on Steph Curry. Um, a lot of Steph Curry's more open looks came because Daniel Gafford's in the game. You know, he had a couple miscommunications. Um, like one time that stood out to me was um, he thought that the Wizards were going to ice a side ball screen with Steph Curry, and they didn't. Um, or I guess at least Ish Smith didn't think they were. Um, and then it left Steph Curry with a wide open three. Um, Daniel Gafford, you know, just standing 20 feet away from him with his pants down. Um, and, you know, it didn't work. Like Steph Curry missed, um, which is lucky, but you got to do a better job communicating that, especially because the center calls out the coverage. Like you have to do, like obviously Ish Smith didn't hear it, I guess. Or maybe just Ish Smith was just being stupid. Um, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I wasn't on the floor, but that's, you know, you got to do a better job communicating. Um, I wrote my notes, Wizards are hurting the words in transition, which they were. Um, I love them running off like basically every miss, especially when Russ is able to grab the rebound and then just go. Um, Jordan Poole hit a couple shots off non-Beal poor possessions. 
Oh yeah, um, like the Warriors were winning, or the Wizards were winning by a lot. Um, it was like an 18-point game after the first quarter. Um, and the Warriors just stormed back in it just because Jordan Poole like hit shots in transition because the Wizards just can't get anything on offense without Beal in the game. Um, oh yeah, the the Warriors were doubling Lopez on the catch. Um, Lopez couldn't really play tonight because like he can't come up to the level of the screen very effectively just because he can't move very well laterally. Um, which is also my criticism of Daniel Gafford. Like his lateral movement skills are not good at all right now, even though he's such a good athlete. Um, it's something he's really, really going to have to work on in the offseason um, if he wants to be a higher level backup center, especially in higher level matchups like this one against the Warriors. Um, Ubre block, blocked the Lopez hook shot. It's, that's something I haven't seen all season. So that was surprising. Um, oh, yeah, the Wizards just driving to the basket got stripped like a million times. Like that was really, really weird. Um, like Westbrook had nine turnovers tonight. That's crazy. I didn't even notice that. Um, but yeah, that's not good. Um, twice so far, Neto's failed to execute tagging the roller, leading to two um, Jamal Green open layups. Yeah, that that didn't continue in the second half, thank goodness. Um, but Neto, you know, sometimes he has those little bit, like those small foibles of, you know, executing pick and roll um, coverages. Um, one positive Gafford has learned. Yeah, so Gafford at the beginning of the game was not coming up high enough on Steph Curry screens, and he was shooting, like, because Steph Curry can shoot from five feet behind the line. Um, but later in the half and later through the rest of the game, Gafford was coming up a step higher on those pick and rolls, which is a really, really good sign. Um, he did get burned once or twice on fake DHOs because he was doing that. Um, but that's fine. Like I'd rather have Draymond Green driving to the basket and then relying on, you know, some the weak side corner to come and help than having Steph Curry shoot, uh, you know, wide open, you know, three, four to five feet behind the line. So I like that Gafford kind of learned from his mistakes. That's a positive sign for him going forward in my eyes. Um, Love the word strategy. Talk about that. Um, Russ has been good defensively. Talk about that. Love the nail help on the short roll. Talk about that. Um, Draymond is very good at throwing the lobs. Talk about that. Um, oh, yeah. Bonga played. I wanted to see Bonga on Curry so badly because I think it makes sense because Bonga is good at getting around screens. Um, he has long arms. Um, he's going to prevent Curry from shooting the ball in ISOs. Like Curry can dry, blow by him. Um, but um, I think in terms of like executing the Wiz strategy, I think that Bonga would have done a good job on Curry. But Westbrook was doing a solid job. Uh, I mean, a good job like all night long. So I kind of get it. Um, Oh, yeah, Jordan Poole um, blew by Daniel Gafford one time. Um, it's just like his lateral movement skills are just not good at all, in my opinion. Um, but we'll kind of see if that gets better. Um, just being like NBA um, biomechanical programs, um, you know, for the next year. Um, Half-court offense, still not good in Beals in the game. Talk about that. Um, Bonga can guard. Like I wrote that in my notes. Um, he did a good job when like Wiggins tried to attack him a couple times, and Bonga did a really, really good job of just stifling that. Um Jordan Poole has been on fire. Like, Jordan Poole kept this team alive when Curry was on the bench, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, Warriors are starting running. Oh, yeah, I talked about that. Okay, so that's all I got. Um, Wizards' next game is against the Thunder. Um, yeah, I'll be scoreboard watching till then. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. Um, so that game's at 7, I think. Um, so I'll have a podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsWizardsPod. I'll see you next time.